Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks. We're presented each and every week by ChevyDrivesChicago.com. Drive what the captain, Jonathan Taves, drives. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Simplecast, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you use. And like our YouTube page, as well as all videos posted on the Blackhawks YouTube channel. It is great to be with you for this mid-March episode of the Chicago Blackhawks Insider Podcast. I'm Chris Vosters, joined by Colby Cohen, Kaylee Chelios. Winter, it seems like, at least in Chicago, is going out like a lion. Bad weather this week, especially relative to where I'm coming from, off the fabulous spring break workation for the Blackhawks in the lovely sunshine state of Florida. But how, how are you guys doing? You guys uh, used to the cold weather? Uh, you know, All-Star break was kind of a long time ago now, so I think that sunshine that we all bottled up back in late January, early February needs to be uh, needs to be replenished. But, Colby, I don't think I saw you down uh, by the Chicago River uh, over the weekend with all of the St. Patrick's Day celebrators, did you I? Will, you will not catch me uh, partaking in that those days have passed and it's funny that you're asking us about the weather Kaylee she already laughed because she knows where I stand on this type of thing (laughs) but what's the deal with with the weather app like oh yeah you know it's gonna be warm tomorrow and then we wake up and there's like snow or we're gonna have a snowstorm and then it rains all day I mean I just don't really know what to expect but I will say this it's been a very mild winter here. It really has. I mean, you know, I'm out walking the dogs and I'm not, I, I haven't been having to like bundle up a lot this year. So I do feel like we're going to pay for that at some point, whether it's like a blizzard in April or, you know, whether it doesn't warm up until the end of May, we, we're going to pay for it. But it, it has been pretty mild, even for my, um, you know, I'm always eager to complain about the weather, but I, I can't complain that much this year. It's, it's, <laughs> Kaylee, it's, it's been okay. <laughs> it's been okay. I don't know. I don't really believe in following the weather. I'm so, uh, I just vibe it out and hope for the best. But I think I saw the most relatable thing on social media. For the Midwest, there's like three winters, and like we're getting that like third wave where we're already through, mm. what month is it? Almost the end of March, midway through March, March, March and March. then we get you know, heavy snowstorm right now. For me, I go in stretches, like get through January, all-star break is your break. And then for me, Greek Easter is like my hoorah springs here if it's like decent out and everyone can kind of come out of hiding and really soak in the vitamin D again. So we're nearing Greek Easter, but we still have a few weeks away. Probably going to get snowed on a couple more times. And I have to say though, Colby, I, I haven't seen the river be dyed for St. Patrick's Day in a while, and I haven't seen this the city of Chicago just tearing it up like that from when we were downtown, and I actually missed it. I thought I outgrew all that stuff, and I was just all about the camaraderie and the energy, not necessarily the stumbling around at 3 p.m. when we were coming into work <laughs> that was happening, but I We went it. on a bar crawl from noon to 3 before we hit NBC Studio on yeah. uh, on, on St. Patty's Day. So yeah, that was if we were amazing. laughing a lot on the broadcast, at least you know why, Chris. <laughs> I loved it. I think I think it was fun. I was going to say, I thought, it, 
I just assumed you were laughing at my <laughs> jokes, but we were just laughing at Sharpie make fun of your jokes. That's more what we were laughing at. <laughs> your best one was when you caught Sharpie coughing, uh, Chris, and you said it's it's really hard to breathe up in this Tampa heat. <laughs> yeah, Sharpie. Um, you know, it happens happens to all of us when when sometimes you're midstream and. <clears throat> get a tickle in your throat or something like that but it, it uh, happened you know, wait it happened to me was trying it to, happened to me the other night when when pat was talking i think it was post game and i like had like a like a hiccup slash i don't really know yeah. and i literally squeaked like a mouse and i looked over kaylee was like just about to fall out of the couch laughing at me and i'm like oh the camera's not on me so nobody's gonna know where that came from so well, you you have had, and you dug your own grave on a on a previous game broadcast, Colby, when you ordered Maggiano's like during the post game show, and we're trying to like eat and do a post game report at the same time. That uh, that's a recipe for disaster. Valentine's right Day, there. our food didn't come for like two and a half, three hours. It wasn't just me. Scott was there too, and he he was waiting for his dinner as well. That was that was a rough night. That was a rough night. Did you just get a haircut, by the way, Colby? Uh, did I just get one? Sometime in the last, like, two weeks or a week okay. or so, yeah, I got one. I just – I kind of wake up with a little bit of hat hair, you know? No, so, I was, I, no I was hat gonna, today, though. I was going to say, it looks looks like it's a little, little tightened up on the sides. So it looks good. People get thrown when I'm not in a hat because <laughs> I'm always in a hat. Like, I'll, unless I'm at work. But I'm even at work a lot of times I'm in a hat. So it throws people. You got to keep people on their toes a little, Chris. It's one of the big parts of hockey culture, definitely, the, the hat game. Um, and a, a nice crossover to baseball, too. Everyone in – I come from a baseball broadcast background, and everyone's always wearing hats in that sport as well. So it was uh, stylistically something that I was very happy to emulate from one sport to another. Um, by the way, one quick follow-up to Kaylee's point about the three winters. That called to mind a, a tweet that John Hansen – who's our Blackhawks in arena co-host along with Jenna Rose, who helps us out on this podcast. Um, don't listen to the weather app on your phone. You have to watch the meteorolo meteorological forecast from the local news that gives you the best forecast of upcoming weather. So um, I think John's spot on with that. I have lost faith in my um, phone weather app. Uh, but that clearly the the bad weather on over the weekend did not deter people from partying in downtown Chicago for St. Patrick's Day weekend, which I thought was actually going to be this weekend because St. Patrick's Day is on a Friday, this upcoming Friday. But I guess it's always the Saturday before St. Patrick's Day. And, and Kaylee, that actually called to mind, too. I, I haven't done St. Patrick's Day in Chicago since 2019, the year before covid and then I was looking at Twitter over the weekend, and it definitely seemed like the full-on shenanigans were back. After, a, I guess, a two- to three-year hiatus, it definitely sounded like people were, were rocking and rolling again. And, yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't think that I necessarily need to, uh, you know, be knees-deep in green beer by 10 in the morning. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think if, uh, if I have uh, an off day – in Chicago, in the in the not too distant future, it'd be good to partake in the festivities again. 
That river, I feel like it's calling your name, Chris. There's no way when you were there in 2019, I'd imagine you have a nice vlog or selfie going there. I feel like it's right up your alley. I love the river being dyed. I think it's cool. I was not on TikTok in in 2019, but you know, <laughs> Colby Boston is another uh, city that's got a pretty good St. Patrick's Day tradition, right? Oh yeah, and I actually got in a little bit of trouble in college on on St. Patrick's Day, and not like real trouble. Um, it was a it was during the season. That that's always the problem. Um, you know, for when you're in college hockey, if, if your team is doing well, you, you miss all of the fun nights of the year to go out. St. Patty's Day is usually during Hockey East playoffs, um, which is like your conference tournament playoffs. And, you know, same with spring break. You miss that. So my junior year, probably half, I think, no, it was 12 guys decided it was a it was like a Tuesday night we didn't have a game until Friday it was the hockey East semifinals that we were going to go out for St. Patty's Day and we were not allowed to go out but we were like eh, it's probably our last year so we went out one guy on our team didn't go with us and went somewhere else so 11 guys went to one place and it was like an incognito spot one guy went to more of our like usual spot and the bouncer told our strength coach that he was at that bar. And then the strength coach told our head coach. So then we lost on Friday night in the Hockey East semifinals. We played terrible. Uh, the next day, our coach makes the entire team come in. This is the night after our season um, ends. Come in at 6 a.m. Doesn't tell us why says who went out for St. Patrick's Day. So, 12, well, slowly but surely, guys, you know, start raising their hand. <laughs> um, it was the St. Patty's Day 12, and there were 12 of us. Um, and we had to ride the bike. We had to do a 20-mile bike on the Airdyne, um, which is about an hour-long Airdyne bike ride. And it was the guys who didn't who went out. So there was a, a, a large group of us. Uh, and then for every Saturday for the next six weeks, the St. Patty's Day 12, which became the St. Patty's Day like nine, because a couple of us that went out signed our pro contracts. I mean, geez, that was one of the reasons I was in a rush to sign. Because I didn't want to have to ride the bike at 6 a.m. <laughs> for the next six weeks. Um, so... St. Patty's Day in Boston was always a lot of fun. We didn't get to partake in it too often, but my last year in school, we were like, we're going, we're doing it. And it cost us some, some early morning bike rides, but great memories nonetheless. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> the good old St. Patty's Day 12. <laughs> 20 miles on an Airdyne, that's a, that's a grind, man. Holy Brutal. I, Brutal. I will say, though, coaches definitely appreciate all or nothing. At least it was around 50% of you that did it because it's it's when there's like two or three that go <laughs> that you really get lit by your coach or you oh, have yeah. to reassess your fitness. So I know I know a lot of coaches definitely appreciate it. At least like if the whole team goes, they they like that team element of it and they'll pretend like they're – more mad than they really are but if there's just like two or three of you then you're in big trouble so that was good on you and guys. I, well and i felt bad too because alex chason who was a freshman um who's actually his name has been sort of you know out in the hockey world right now because he just got 
called up by the wings. He just signed. He scored a couple of goals against the Bruins over the last couple of days, and they were on national television. Um, he was the only underclassman that went um, because he was like my favorite guy. So I was like, you're coming out with us. Let's go. So I like made him come out with us. And then poor guy had to, to ride the bike for the next six weeks. I tried to go into the coach's office and, and, and fall on the sword for, for my guy, Chase on um, chaser, as we called him, but, but it, it didn't work out. It's funny that this is all getting brought up and literally on the, on the broadcast this weekend for ESPN and TNT, they, they were talking about Alex chase on a lot, you know, played 11 years in the league was on an AHL deal this year, gets signed, comes up, scores a bunch of goals. So, um, it's funny that these are all, these things are also inter intertwined. Well, I mean, look, you got to live a little bit and I, I actually wanted to talk to you both about this because, you know, St. Patrick's Day, it's kind of Chicago's spring break, if you will. And with the Blackhawks just playing in Florida, I mean, that's actual spring break and peak spring break going on in the middle of March. But, I mean, neither of you were ever really able to do that, right? I mean, Colby had to, like, kind of break team rules to enjoy St. Patrick's Day because both of you were in the middle of your college athletic careers, right? And, and in the middle of your seasons too. So, I mean, did you guys ever really do spring break? Kaylee, what about you? Nope. My parents did not allow me to go on senior spring break in high school. And then I spent the next five years not going on spring break because of lacrosse, but no regrets. It was a good bonding experience when it's just your team back there. Um, yeah, we did not, and we never did the spring break thing. No wild trips abroad and probably bet it for the best. If I'm being honest, <laughs> it was, it was not that bad, but, um, yeah, I don't even know what spring break really feels like. I'm just going <laughs> to flat out say I have nothing to say about spring break. I never went on one. I feel like the only spring break I've ever been on was last year when the, when we went down to Florida like yeah. three, four days before we played the Panthers. It wasn't that like a little miniature. <laughs> well, I think, I think, I think last year when we went down there, if I remember, we, we went down on like a Monday and we didn't play until maybe like Wednesday. So yeah. we did get like a solid two, three days in Florida before we went to Tampa last year. Um, I feel like that's the closest thing I've ever had to a spring break too, because we were always getting ready for playoffs. And the one thing that I do remember, which was always kind of cool, they'd shut the dorms down. And BU, um, I think they still have this rule, but they would not let us live off campus. When we were you know, scholarship players, you had to live in the, the campus-provided housing, So, which was fine. We lived in they, – they, they, they hooked us up big time. But they would shut those dorms down. So – they would put us in this like fancy hotel called Hotel Commonwealth, um, like right on Com Ave. And we would just be like ordering room service. I mean, we were living like absolute kings. So it was like a it was like a consolation for not getting to go to Florida and just like rage with all the rest of the college kids. I was thinking about you that trip there, last year. Man. Yeah, well, and, and I was thinking about the trip last year. And for some reason, you know, because Playing the Florida Panthers is great. You stay in Fort Lauderdale, right on Fort Lauderdale Beach, right off A1A. And last year, I don't remember the spring break crowd being what it was on this most recent trip. I mean, it was packed. And it was just, it, it was like this phenomenon where, you know, you had all of these 
18 to 22 year olds. And for some reason, instead of like spreading out down the beach, they all congregate in one area. And it's just like looking, looking at it from, from, you know, the clear eyed perspective that I have as a, as a 31 year old now, it's like, what, what's the, what's the play there? I mean, why don't you guys just spread out? Like, why, why, why like the moths to a flame approach and just everybody is like, let, let's, let's try and squeeze into a confined of an area on this massive beach as we can. So it was a, uh, it was a sight to behold that that's for sure. And uh, fortunately um, we were staying a little bit farther down the, the road from where it was, where it was peak spring break season, but I brought my sunscreen just in case didn't get too torched. Um, who so got got the worst? Who got the worst? Who got the worst? Like who, who got it the worst this year? Because last year there were a couple of people in the running. I'm not going to put any names out there, but there were a few people that look like a lobster. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it was, uh, it, it was very interesting. So, you know, Mitch Kersner, our producer got sunburned again. Uh, <laughs> so two, two for two, two, two in a row. Two. I don't, it wasn't quite as bad as last year, but he got he got cooked. Uh, you know what? I tell you what. Uh, Blackhawks head equipment uh, manager Troy Parchment. You know, pretty pretty beat red. Uh, not not gonna lie. Um, but uh, you know what though? I feel like you got to give him a pass because <laughs> that guy lives lives indoors. Yeah dealing with a quit, you know, like, I mean, the amount of mountains that he has to move on a daily basis, and especially with the trade deadline, I feel like Parchy gets a, he gets a free pass on just probably just wanting to eat as much sun as he could. Yeah. I mean, God, God bless him. You know, I was like, Parchy, good for you, man. You were, you were out, you were out in the sunlight. That's uh that's where you should have been. <laughs> um, it, it was also nice actually kind of putting a, uh, a, bookend on the trip in Tampa. Um, great, great city, Kaylee. And the downtown area especially was awesome. And I know the Frozen Four is going to be down there too, Colby, which is where you'll be shortly for ESPN's coverage of the NCAA hockey tournament. Um, I mean, Tampa, like, they should they should just put the Frozen Four down there every year. But, um, Kaylee, what was your favorite part about living in Tampa? Yeah, I feel like... It's changed so much, but during like 2018, 19, like between the Bucks, the Rays, the Lightning, like it became such a fun sports town and like an underrated city. It, there's not a lot of traffic. You know, the Bucks won, the Bolts won, the Rays were really good. So there was just like this great community feel there. All kinds of different people. A lot of people in Tampa, too, are not necessarily from Florida. I mean, a lot of them are from mm. elsewhere, and they're coming down to Tampa. So you had a great mix of people from the area, a lot of people from the Midwest. Um, love the Midwest. And the best part for me, even when I was pregnant, it was great. I could just walk across the river and be at the rink and have a great little apartment on um, Harbor Island, which is right behind Amelie Arena. And it was amazing. Like, I think the only thing that was a little dicey was just the fact that, like, around the water, there were gators. And, like, I had a dog, like, an 80-pound lab that I was always paranoid about. But other than that, like, Tampa was an amazing sports town while I was there. The restaurants, everything was getting built up. And the fact that you could just, like, live right on the water there and walk to the rink. And I never wore shorts and a T-shirt to the rink, but 
you could. Players did. Players loved being there. That was one thing for me, Colby, that I was a little surprised to learn that like how many players wanted to retire in Tampa or come back and play for Tampa at the time. Even though it was kind of an unconventional hockey town, it w became uh, probably one of the best non-traditional markets and somewhere that players just love to be. Uh, you know what? I don't have the years, obviously, of living experience there that you do, Kaylee, but my experiences in Tampa have, have been exactly what you're talking about. And we, we actually played them in the conference finals in 2011, and that was as loud of an arena as as we were in i mean during the playoffs they get those like um what are those big horns called that they the, use in soccer like vuvuzelas or something yeah they had those going in the playoffs that year um and like all the healthy scratches which is you know that that's you know i had my my own stall in the healthy scratch suite so um they were just we were in a suite next to fans and they harassed us the entire playoff series they were blowing every time tampa scored they'd be blowing their horns into our suite yelling at us like taunting you know because we're all in suits it's like kind of obvious there's a number of us sitting there in suits everybody at that point had a had a beard going so it's a it's a great city i'm really excited for the frozen four this year chris um, because it's in tampa bay last year was boston which was a blast for me this year tampa next couple of years st louis and minnesota um not quite as excited as i am for uh, tampa but then <laughs> after that it's vegas so that'll be fun so i've got a, a a good little good you know good little bookends on on the next couple of frozen fours but tampa's I agree with Kaylee. I think most players want like that is like one of the number one destinations for a free agent right now is is Tampa Bay, if not the destination for a, for a free agent. Spend some time on the Hillsborough Riverwalk, Colby, when you're down there. Um, you know, I, I I will at the risk of sparking a controversy here. St. Louis, you know, for the for the Frozen Four, you might actually get a little bit of a spring. Some spring-like weather down in St. Louis. Spring usually hits St. Louis a few weeks ahead of when it arrives in Chicago. So maybe St. Louis won't be the end of the world. But yeah, Tampa, Boston, Vegas, those are those are some great lo locations. That's for It'll sure. It'll be snowing in Minnesota, I'm sure. I'm going to need like a yes. parka in April when we're yes. in Minnesota. I would, I would bank on that. Um, you know, it, it's so easy to get caught in the in the day-to-day -day grind of the hockey season that – Sometimes you, you lose track of where you are or it, it fades to the background. It doesn't really matter. It's like, okay, there's a game. I got to get ready for it. doesn't matter where we are. Being down in Florida, though, like in the sunshine in March, coming off a long winter, I just had to remove myself from my hotel room and get outside into the sunlight and the sunshine a little bit. And it was, uh, it was good for the soul. So you guys uh, did a great job on the intermission reports, the pregame and, and postgame shows. And uh, did, you know, got to talk a little bit of hockey, I guess, as, as we um, work towards or through the final 20 games of the season. And Taylor Radish had a great road trip. That was a, a guy that I wanted to spotlight. My main takeaway from the last three-game road trip for the Hawks, he had a three-goal road trip. He had two goals in the Detroit game was on hat trick watching that followed it up with a, with a big goal against Tampa to tie the game in the third period. So Max Domi is still the Blackhawks goals leader on the season. He's got 18. Of course, he's with the Dallas stars. Now Taylor Radish now has 17 on the season and picked up his 30th point 
in the Tampa game. And, and for a for a 25-year-old who's only in his second season at the NHL level, you know, a 30-point season, possibly a 20-goal season as well, that, that's big. That, that's, a, that's a big confidence boost, I think. And, uh, you know, I, I think a player that will be fun to keep an eye on, Kaylee, uh, down, the, down the stretch of this season. I think he's been playing well. What about you? Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think the 20-goal mark for players is a big deal as much as it's the typical hockey cliche. They're not focused on it. They're, I mean, you are focused. Like, that's a big deal. When you hit 20, you know, and other teams are going to start paying attention to when you start to put up those sort of numbers. And Taylor's not just been performing really well, and he has a great shot. Um, you know, he, he had a lot of great experience going through Tampa Bay with the Cups and and trying to find a role on one of the best teams, if not the best team in the National Hockey League at the time, and, and played a little bit more in a bottom six role. So with more opportunity, more ice time, I think he's really made the most of this rebuild for himself in Chicago. And also just a very high character person. You know, we talked to him and interviewed him earlier in the season, and quieter guy. You know, he mentioned being a little bit shy, but he seems like he's really found a, a group and found um, he looks comfortable. And, and that's big to be in a position that he's in in a rebuild and put up the numbers he is and, and quietly kind of become a little bit of a leader, I think, in some ways in the locker room. Uh, second year pro, like you said, he's great. And like totally unhockey related, we talked about having helmet hair or hat hair, sorry. There's a lot of players that go into, you know, you have to get the hat before you do an interview. You got to put a ton of water in it. That's one of the keys. It's not always product. It's a lot of water. Oh, Taylor Radish's like helmet hair during an interview is incredible. It looks like he just came out of a salon. I have to say every time, like when you guys interviewed him in Tampa, I was shocked. Like my hair would look horrible coming out of a helmet <laughs> after 20 minutes like that. So kudos for the hair on Taylor Radish, but also Kudos to almost hitting the 20-goal mark and having a very successful season, I think, in Chicago. And Kaylee does have receipts for, for that comment because she <laughs> said that live and in the moment, uh, and we were all looking at her and we're like, yeah, you're right. He, he <laughs> might have better hair than Sharpie. And we were like, whoa, whoa, no, let's not, Wait, let's not go that. too far. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, well, I don't want to go too yeah, far there, but uh, – um, he, he's, he's outperformed his contract, you know? I mean, I think a lot of people, when he got traded here, um, you know, I think a lot of people thought that, that those were contract throw-ins because, you know, you, you gave up two first-round picks to get Brandon Hagel. Um, you know, teams can only have X amount of NHL contracts. Like, I, I think a lot of people just assumed that, but that is not the case at all with Taylor Radish. I think he was a prospect that... Um, that Kyle targeted and his staff targeted, and they liked him. He's, he's got size. Uh, he, he has a little bit of everything, and you look at how much he makes. You look at his contract status. He's a really intriguing player because his, his production versus his, his contract, it's, it's very high production for what he costs. Um, and, you know, seeing as how he, he's still on the younger side at 25 – um, he's not a UFA yet, so he's still restricted in his ability to go out and really test the market. I think a lot of teams were interested in him at the deadline, and I think the, the better he plays down the stretch, like I think the Kyle's going to get a lot of calls about him this summer, which is a compliment to how he's played. I mean, you know, you score 20 goals, and in, in we could say this is his kind of first really full season in the NHL, right, where he's playing every night, 
playing in a good top six role. You get 20 goals on a team that doesn't score a lot. I feel like it's even higher value, Kaylee, just because like we're not the highest scoring team. Our power play is not 24%. He's not getting freebies, you know, on special teams. So, you know, I'll just kind of echo your your sentiment in in that 20 goal plateau. That that's that's like that's a big number. That that's like a 25 or 30 goal pace on on a playoff team, you know, on a team that's scoring 3 plus goals a game. So, uh, kudos to him for making the best out of this opportunity. Um, you know, I think for for a young player, Chicago is a great place to establish your career right now. Um, because of this rebuild. And I think other young players are going to take note about that around the league. I think that's going to put the Blackhawks in the running for any interesting college free agents that seasons might be ending here over the next couple of weeks. Um, I know there are a couple uh, out there that are undrafted that that'll be intriguing targets for a lot of teams. But I just think that, you know, Chicago, you know, you look at Taylor Radish, you look at Cole Gutman, you look at some of these players that, you know, were in different situations, namely Tampa Bay, both yeah. of those players that I just mentioned, they come to the Blackhawks and like, I mean, uh, Cole Gutman again, I mean, I know we're, we're, he, he is, he's been awesome to watch and almost, um, you know, really excited because, like, I don't foresee him ever going back to the American League. He looks like an NHL hockey player to me, and he's just going to continue to get better like Radish has. So, you know, great opportunity for, for some of these young guys, and, and um, I think we'll see more of it as the season goes on, maybe one or two free agents, and then I think we'll see a lot of it next season with, with players being given opportunities. Gutman just keeps, uh, you know – Greasy goal here, assist there. I mean, he he's been one of the unexpected turnouts of of even the recent part of the season here. And now about a dozen games into his NHL career, a little more than that. Um, but yeah, uh, Kaylee, any any thoughts on on the team coming off this Florida road trip? Uh, another five game road trip up ahead around the Boston game. But um, any anything that's kind of been on your mind related to the team right now on or off the ice um I'll I'll add on to the Gutman train because he has been a lot of fun to watch and he came in I think with a chip on his shoulder wanting to prove he, he can be a well-rounded player and he does have the hockey IQ we see that on a nightly basis but also just he, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Tyler Johnson they didn't know each other when they were both in the Tampa Bay organization but Tyler really commended his work ethic. Everybody works hard, but he has that little extra something that puts him above everybody else. And, you know, being undrafted and especially in Tyler's case and, you know, having that kind of chip on your shoulder throughout your career and undersized centerman. Uh, I think Gutman has that. And Luke Richardson's commended him for a little bit of, they knew he was, he had a high hockey IQ, but also just his separation of speed. He takes two or three strides, that explosiveness, his ability to protect the puck, um, you know, against some really good teams too. Toronto. I mean, the games that he's putting up numbers, and then yeah. just learning yeah. a little bit more. Of that 200-foot game for him at this speed is probably going to take a little bit more. But what we're seeing right now, like Colby said, he looks confident. He looks NHL ready, and he hasn't had an off night to me on a team where they're basically in training camp again after the trade deadline. And there's been a lot of turnover coming from you know that five game win streak with Patrick Kane in the lineup to where they are now. So definitely wanted to shout out Cole Gutman. And um, I guess that last 
quick one would just be the coaching staff having this this team playing um, really hard right now at this point in the season. Joe Brand had a, a funny tweet about a fan who was disappointed. He's, this is not the type of season that we want to see this team playing really hard to the end of the season out of all the years that they're going to do it. Not when you've got Bedard, Fantilli, and a, like top three picks um, that could be franchise changing or at least extremely um, – you know, opportunistic for them. So I, I will say the coaching staff has done a great job at making the rink, the UC, and, and taking advantage of the fact that it's the NHL and every day is a great day to be in the league and this team's playing like it. I, I just think, like, it's so hard to not get caught up in Bedard fever. And, like, if, <laughs> you know, like Connor Bedard is going to be the difference between whether the rebuild works or not. I, I don't know. I, I just think you got to – I find myself personally, like, tugging on my own reins of to, like, not think in quite that extreme of a way. I mean, whether they get Bedard or not, there, there are going to be so many things that have to happen. You know, it's not going to be, a, like, a, 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 a done deal. Like, okay, we get Connor Bedard and we're going to get – you know, get back to the Stanley cup and however, you know, there's so many other yeah. factors in play. And so I, I, I just am trying to remind myself that like, it's all going to work out the way that it's supposed to. I mean, Colby, like, look, like, you know, Kyle Davidson and his team, they're not, they, they've got all kinds of different scenarios mapped out. I mean, you just really can't predict anything because no. I just I think back to look the Blackhawks picked Jonathan Taves third before they picked Patrick Kane first. I mean, and you just you don't know. You look at and then you measure Jonathan Taves against Kirby Doc. They were both third overall picks. You really just don't know. That's the reality. And yeah, do we think that Bedard is is going to be this incredible player? Sure, but. Adam Fantilli could be a better pro or you, you just don't know. And that's why I, I totally agree with that, Chris. It, it would it be, would it be great? Sure. But there's so many other things. There's not just one draft. There's this year's draft. There's next year's draft as well. There's a kid that, you know, is lighting up the, the U S junior hockey league right now, Macklin Celebrini, who's going to probably be the first overall pick next season, who, you know, looks like he's on that track of, of being a star, star player. So, so many things have to happen. The Blackhawks have so many picks. You know, we just watched Braden Point put on a clinic. Braden Point was a third-round pick by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Kaylee and I were talking about this, and I, I made the, the, the comment to her that I think on any given night, Braden Point's the best player in the NHL. So, um more than just a first or second or third or fourth, whatever. Again, this is going to be the one thing that Kyle has talked about with, with wanting to spread out draft capital and everything. The Blackhawks want to be set up for, for the next two decades, the next decade, right? You, you're, not, you're not looking to get to the playoffs one season and even win one season. You need longevity in your success. You don't want these crazy peaks and valleys in the, in the franchise. So, um, you know, look, there's going to be on years, there's going to be off years, but uh, I, I think that that's a smart, smart move by you, Chris, to not, 
you know, put all your eggs in that, that Bedard basket because we really just don't know. We're talking about an 18-year-old kid. Yeah. We're talking about 18-year-old kids. You just don't know. Look, Patrick Kane, that, those guys are the exception to the rule. Those are not the general rule. So whatever those ping-pong balls show us uh, after the season – you know, we'll, uh, Kyle and his team will adjust and, and be prepared for whatever. And then next year, there's going to be another lottery, right? I mean, this is a rebuild. This is how these, you know, the Rangers had the first overall pick. Or no, they had the second overall pick. They picked Kako Capo or Kako Papo. Capo, and then Capo, the first o- Yeah, and then the first overall pick, they get Lafreniere. Like these things, you look at Edmonton, you know, they had the first pick. Then they had the third pick. And then they had the first pick. I mean, you know, so... Getting caught up in it is 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 fun, but also it's it doesn't tell the true tale. It, it's not letter of the law. Kaylee, uh, did you notice the uh, in arena feature at the United Center where uh, Luke Richardson and his and his wife were? I think it was like a, it's like a Hellsberg Diamonds sponsor where it you know it's it's like husband and wife or boyfriend, girlfriend are on. And, and, and this time it was Luke Richardson and his wife. And the question was asked, what, uh, what would Luke do or what industry would he be in if he were not in hockey? And then, you know, both people write their answer on the whiteboard and then they show the answer at the same time. Did you, did you happen to see that Kaylee? I have seen that one. I've seen a few of the players do that. I love that. It's a great question. Uh, I'm in the same boat as Luke Richardson. I would love to be a rock star. I can't <laughs> sing, or I for sure would have done it, but no boss. And like, that is my dream. I would love to be that, but I'm horrible at singing. So there was just never a chance for me to do that. But I, I like that. I'm, I'm with Luke. Being a rock star is the way to go. If didn't, but it, I mean, it worked out for him pretty well. <laughs> I would say. Yeah, but hold on. What about so, like, you? Uh, like, what would you be like, oh like a like a pop star, or would you be like he- heavy a, metal, heavy metal, yeah, heavy mean, metal? If I could play country. like guitar for sure, I would love to be a heavy metal maniac. But no, I I think I want more like um, I want like Adele, Lady Gaga pipes, but the opportunity to go both pop or rock if I wanted to. Okay. okay. I have a little bit of angstiness, maybe. A what's little. what's the movie? What's the movie with um, with Bradley Cooper and uh, Lady Gaga? Gaga? So kind of like you could go either way. You could be like the pop star. Yeah, I, like I would the, like the, the crazy I would singer like the, the versatility piano. of both, and then eventually work in you know that I could play music. I also like Alicia Keys and R&B a lot. So I have a lot of different like daydreams of like where I would be in my life if I could have seen, but I'll take life uh in the NHL too. It's a great life and I'm not going to complain about it, but being a rock star would definitely have its perks. What about you Chris? What would you have done if you weren't a broadcaster? Um that's a good question. I mean, I like probably probably would have been like a hockey player, right? You know, something like something <laughs> where I I wish I, I wish I were an athlete. Um, I don't know. I like being a broadcast, not, not to be, not to be corny, but being a broadcaster is always what I wanted to do. Um, I like, I would have loved to have been, you know, like, yeah, like a, like a pro athlete, I think, but this is, this is definitely the next best thing. When I was a kid, like a little kid, I always wanted to be a shoe salesman for some reason. I'm not entirely sure why I was just like getting, getting new shoes um 
or I'll, or a truck driver. So like one of those two things. That's my that's my fallback option if uh, if this. Why? Because when out. you would be on the highway, you'd be asking them to honk their horn. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> that was me in the back seat. Um, but Luke Richardson, by the way, the reason I did bring this up as I as I get off on a tangent. Oh, here, so there was a point. All there right, was a point. I talked to Luke about that, and I was like, "So, what what bands would you want to be in?" And he he's a big Metallica fan, um, Godsmack, and uh, Three Days Grace, which is a which is a Canadian a Canadian band. So, uh, not not only in Canada, like I know Three, three Days Grace, obviously, but they are from Canada. They originate there. And uh, he's got some connections in in those bands too. So, um, you know, I thought that was uh, that was a good good way to see the personal side of, of of Luke Richardson for sure. And I think I think Mrs. Richardson thought that Luke would be a trainer if if he were not a hockey player or coach. And uh, I think that actually is very very plausible as well, given um, Coach Richardson's penchant for off ice training and 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 he continues to be a, a workout maniac on the on the exercise bike so i think uh for 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 luke either of those would have been uh would have been pretty good pretty good options but that's a that's a good feature i enjoy that <laughs> uh any anything else that you guys want to talk about hockey related um you know i've got a celly and chirp queued up but anything any anything else on your mind right now before we segue into that Bring on the Sally and Chirp, Chris. We're ready Survey for it. Survey says. Okay. Well, the Oscars took place last weekend, and that is my Sally or Chirp. I'll just leave it at that. Um, my, my, my personal, I guess, story is that I tuned in very late to the Oscars in time to see Brendan Fraser win Best Actor, and I was shocked. I was like... The guy from The Mummy won, yes. <laughs> won Best Actor. Um, and Kaylee, obviously, is is a huge Brendan Fraser fan. I can't wait to unpack that. Uh, Biggest. And then, what was the movie he was in with Elizabeth Hurley? That was a good movie with the wishes and the – that was, like, a good movie. I don't know that one. Oh, I got to get the name now. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Go ahead. No, let, let's, let, let's, let's look that up, Colby. Got to look up the name. yeah. I'm Brendan Fraser on movies on Wikipedia. Um, then Best Actress, I I had not heard of a single one of the movies that um, that that the actresses were in, and uh, frankly, I had I had only heard of I think like one or two of the of the actresses themselves. So I I personally, you know. I'm not sure that that I'm going to kind of chirp the Oscars. I think I don't think it's really an indication of what audience members like in terms of in terms of movies. But um, also, I want to kind of mourn the shift in the movie going experience. I haven't been to a movie theater since COVID, to be honest. And I was just thinking, like, I, I want to go back to the movies again. I want to I want to become someone who is in the know on what the on what the box office hits are so kaylee what about you are we celebrating or chirping the oscars uh so many thoughts i don't know where to start so many i mean i'll chirp them i'll chirp them in the sense that i i don't watch them anymore um 
I used to enjoy watching them. I used to enjoy watching the red carpet and all the style that goes into it, but don't really watch anymore. But I have to say, Brendan Fraser, I didn't even watch his movie. I don't care. Tarzan was my first <laughs> crush when I was a young girl. And every summer we spent in California, we only had like a few VHSs. Wow, we're dating ourselves a little bit, but one of them was The Mummy. So I think we watched The Mummy like 400 times a summer, every summer for 20 years. One of the best movies ever. Him the Mummy's and great. Evie, great movie. I can speak like, I don't know what that language is, like mummy. Like I can literally <laughs> recite any line from that movie in <laughs> Egyptian. I don't know what it is. The Ancient Pharaoh talk. Love Brendan Fraser. Did not watch his movie, but I'm so glad he won. Tarzan is iconic. Brendan Fraser and the Mummy and that relationship with, um, I know her name's Evie in the movie. I forgot what her, Rachel Weisman maybe, but Rachel I'm Weiss, celebrating Rachel that. Weiss. Rachel Weiss. I'm celebrating that love and that actor big time, Chris. I'm so glad you brought him up. We're on the same page, sort of. <laughs> um, it, it, George of the Jungle, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. I said okay. Tarzan. So dumb. Great movie. Great movie. George yeah. of the Jungle, Jungle is so great. Brendan Fraser and George of the Jungle is iconic yeah. for our age group, especially. Yeah, like incredible true. first crush. Loved him. Loved yeah, him. I was a little confused when you said Tarzan. I My bad. Like, I, I had tar that Tarzan. That Tarzan, but George of the Watch Jungle. Watch out for is that tree. Yeah, we used to call <laughs> my. My little brother was so wild. We used to call him George of the Jungle, and then it's a great the nickname George kind of stuck for a while with him, and then that mutated into some other names. But I did find the movie that I was talking about. It's from the year 2000. Brendan Fraser and Elizabeth Hurley. It's called Bedazzled, and it's a hopeless dweeb. Elliot Richards granted seven wishes by the devil to snare Allison, the girl of his dream. So obviously this was a chick flick in, in 2000. Um and that was a that movie was just on all the time. I remember that better than I remember the mummy almost. So um that, Jenna that, Rose, our producer, she she put it in the chat. She had it before I got to Google. So kudos yeah. to you, Jenna. I'm glad we're we're vibing on that one. That, what, Chris? That, that, that's what I'm saying though. You know, Brendan Fraser, he's gone from <laughs> from the mummy, George of the Jungle, and Bedazzled, and now the guy's winning an Oscar. So what's comeback uh... of the year? Comeback <laughs> of, of life. What's, that, uh, that movie's what's going from two thousand. Wow, wow. <laughs> so yeah, no I will say this: as far as the Oscars goes, I did not watch a second of it. Um, I'm not really someone who I don't really watch award shows. Um, I will say, though, that I'm going to chirp it. And the reason I'm going to chirp it is because when I wake up in the morning and I like open whatever different news source apps that I want to open and I like to just sort of catch up on different things. Well, when I open any news app this morning, everything is about the Oscars. Um, half the articles are about um, like making jokes about how. Uh, they've had one Oscars with no incidents or whatever, no no slaps, no incidents, no nothing. Um, so I like can't get my <laughs> normal news because the Oscars is like every article. So I'm I'm chirping it, not not super into it. Uh, I don't have the same love for Brendan Fraser that you do, Kaylee. I'm sorry, but I, he certainly wins Comeback Player of the Year because, like I said, I I don't think any of us have seen him in a movie in a very long time. All right, on that note, who wants to go next? I'll do mine. Um, a little bit broad, but 
try to be tight with it. So mine, I've, I really liked, and I was caught last night looking at a lot of arrival shots from different players. I like seeing what new trends are, especially in men's fashion with suits and everything. So mine is going to be, do you celebrate or chirp kind of the more casual um, style now that's accepted in the NHL? It's kind of leaning towards maybe some of the other professional sports where you don't have to wear um, a suit every day to the rink. And specifically, I love the earring. I think Michael Jordan's hoop was always like the most iconic piece of jewelry to me among um, some of the superstars in the world. And I love that Austin Matthews, and I'll say Bieber too, wears, kind of mixes it up between like a cross, a hoop, a little different thing. So are we celebrating or chirping the earring and that kind of new looks that are being sported in some of the arrivals? I'm going to, I'm going to celebrate it. And I, I agree, you know, MJ's hoop. Yeah, for sure. Uh, iconic when it comes to athlete jewelry, you know, and especially looking at how in, in other sports, like jewelry has become so, so prominent. Um, you know, the hoop just kind of simple, a little understated, but you always see it. You always know it's there. Um, and I, and yeah, I, I like, I like Austin Matthews riff on that as well um i will just say though that that while i while i am in favor of of the more casual trend uh lucas reichel had a, had a great suit on on the last road trip he was he was wearing this uh it was like a blue checkered suit and uh, it was it was it was really really sharp so hat tip uh, stick tap to uh to lucas reichel for for a really good take on the on the classic hockey pregame look, um, but it was uh, it was very it was very sharp. I gotta say. Well, Kelly, I certainly cannot chirp the earring phase or thing that's going on because when I was four years old, I got my left ear pierced. No way! Um, and I wore, yeah, I wore an earring in my ear for. I uh, voluntarily I begged my mom to get it, and I will tell you why. Um, my cousin growing up was my idol. He was, uh, you know, an Olympic skier uh, on his way to play in the NFL. Um, his name is Jeremy Bloom. Um, he had a, he had a really interesting sports career because he ended up having a standoff with the NCAA sort of before all this NIL stuff happened and the NCAA deemed him ineligible after his second year at Colorado, um, at the university of Colorado. So then he had to go to the, you know, turn pro early Went actually gets drafted by the Eagles in 2006, one year before me, um, getting drafted by Colorado. So we kind of switched places, um, as far as like geography, he came to Philly. I went to Colorado where he lived and he was my, my idol as a kid. I thought he was the coolest guy in the world. He, he was a skier, a football player. They had, you know, he was winning world cups when he was like 14 years old as a skier. He was the number one skier in the world. So just an incredible athlete. He pierced his ear. Um, <laughs> and so I wanted to be anything and everything that he did. I, I wanted to be just like him. So I was like four years old. Um, they had all come into to Philly for, for a, a family reunion. You know, this is all my mom's side of our family. And, I was like, I want that. And so my mom was like, it's going to hurt. Are you sure? And she, I was like, yeah. So my mom took me uh, to the mall, the King the of Prussia Mall. And 
not to Claire's. <laughs> I think we, we did it at one of those little, uh, you know, those little kiosks. Um, probably not the safest in retrospect. Uh, and, and got an earring. And, I mean, I had a couple of studs. I had a couple of little hoops. I even remember having a lightning bolt, which was really cool. Wow. Um, I love and, and I wore it till I was probably like, I'm pretty sure I wore it up until like probably middle school. Um, I think that in middle school, I think one of my teachers complained and said it was like a distraction. So my mom, my mom made me, I used to do crazy stuff. Like when I was in middle school one time, I just like decided to dye my hair pink and I just like, you know, like you could wash it out. And I just went to school with pink hair one day and like people were like freaking out. It was, again, it was a distraction. So, um, I was not afraid to, to mix it up Kaylee with, with that. So, celebrating the earrings good for the guys for having their own style the one thing i don't necessarily understand with this new style trend is the um is the fanny pack like up here like i don't get that like what are that's one thing i i just don't i mean understand is like you've got the fanny pack but then you're wearing it like kind of on your i don't know is it your shoulder your chest like i don't i just i don't really get that one but to each his own good for them good style is that Celebrate. some sort of take on the on the cross body bag, Kaylee, mm-hmm. by Lululemon? Yeah, I, I feel like that's a whole other topic. I li- I actually <laughs> feel like though, from a utility perspective, I've seen some really fat wallets amongst players and guys in particular. I don't know. I think it looks funny when you crunch a massive wallet into a fitted pair of pants. So, in all fairness, you guys sort of need a fanny pack or a cross body bag, as it is, in my opinion, if you don't have big pockets in your sport coat. So I like it. Matthews, I've seen wear it a couple times. I think it's cool. I think we're going to see more of it. Totally. You almost got one yourself, Chris. I did. And actually, <laughs> it's funny because I thought I, I was like trying to wear it the wrong way um, oh. in that in that video. But as it turns out, that's actually kind of the way people wear it. So, uh-huh. I mean, who knows? I like accidentally stumbled into into a trend, <laughs> New who, trend. Who knew? Yeah, a trendsetter. I tell Colby that all the time. He doesn't believe me, but well, maybe um, you can accidentally go to Claire's and get a piercing. New He's nickname right. for I do not believe him. New nickname for Colby Cohen, by the way, the distraction. <laughs> the distraction. <laughs> yeah. Right. When I was a, my earring was and such a distraction. Hair. Imagine now. Hair. Imagine now. You you couldn't that would be fine now you couldn't you couldn't say I was a distraction for the earring now you teacher would get in trouble for that now yeah definitely not all right Colby why don't you hit us with yours so big football news in Chicago Um, Chicago Bears what were they gonna do are they gonna trade Justin Fields they gonna trade the first overall pick part of me even thinks that they leaked the fact that they would potentially trade. Justin Fields in order to drive the price up um, on that first overall pick, sort of letting teams know, hey, we're, we, we will we'll take Bryce Young. We'll move on from our guy. Like, so um, they trade the first overall pick, huge haul back. Um, I haven't seen a ton on Twitter. Uh, we were at work when it happened at NBC Sports Chicago. It seemed like it was a mixed bag of responses uh, to if if the local Bears fans were happy, um, are we? Is this a good move when you get the first overall pick? Do you, do, do you take the guy or do you do you do what the Bears did? I, I personally, 
I thought it was a good move. I, I, I liked it. Chris? I don't I don't have anything wrong with uh with the move with trading the first overall pick. Um I, I didn't I didn't really understand I guess the 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 method, the way that it was carried out. Like cuz to me they they leaked they leaked the fact that they wanted to trade the pick and I thought that I okay, maybe like maybe the the logic behind that is that you create a bidding war, like the teams that really want that number one pick then come out of the woodwork. They go at you hard with a great deal. Um, to me, like I, I, I would have been way more coy about whether or not that I was whether or not I was going to trade that pick, because then you could have gotten a team to be truly desperate and and you know throw a lot at you. And not that the Bears didn't get a lot, but. I mean, going like okay. Now they have the ninth pick, so to me, that's that's kind of whatever. Um, you know, if they had gotten, if they had gone from one to three or one to even five, oh, okay, and and then gotten the two first rounds, first rounders beside that. So again, you know, two future first round picks. I mean, those that's uh, that's way in the future. I mean, if the 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 draft works differently in the NFL than it does in the NHL. I mean, if the if the Panthers draft Bryce Young or get really good in the next couple of years, then maybe those draft picks kind of sink in value for the Bears. So um, I, I I kind of would have wanted would have wanted more um, up front too than just DJ Moore, who's a like a wide receiver two or three, but I don't think is really going to do a whole lot to um, drastically change the bears offense. But so I'm kind of, I'm kind of unimpressed to be honest. I don't, I don't think like, I don't think the Bears situation is wildly better now that they've made that move, but it's like the Blackhawks time will tell. We'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what they do with the picks. And I, you know, I think about Kyle Davidson, who said that? Okay, now it's now it's up to us. Now it's up to the Blackhawks. Now we have to draft well with these with these picks, and that's what the Bears need to do now. Now that now they made the move, now they need to now their now their scouting department needs to step to the table and and make sure that they draft well. It's like a serp, an in between a celly and a chirp ah. for you, Chris. <laughs> I simply cannot follow up that analysis because. I'm not that dialed into this one. I thought it was a, a good move, um, but I'm not going to lie. I've been doing a lot of um, book work for children lately. So between the Blackhawks, watching the team, staying up late, and then reading some books on toddler behavior as my kids emerge to almost three and 18 months, I did not dial into as much analysis as you could provide on the Bears trading. But I'll Way celebrate. more important, Kaylee. I... <laughs> Thanks, Chris. I really like your analysis, Chris, so I'm going to go with a SERP, kind of an in-betweener. I, I'm celebrating it. Hopefully it pans out for the Bears in the long run because I'm, I'm eager coming from Tampa Bay to have um, be in a city again like Chicago when there's multiple teams that are really kind of clawing their way up the totem pole and, and becoming a one step closer to getting where we all want to be in this sports town. So... I'll sell And I agree with that. I think it's fun when, when multiple teams are good. I think it creates a, a, a great energy in the city. Um, I think fans start kind of jumping, 
more getting more involved with the other teams and then you kind of just like bring everybody together um I saw it in Boston pretty much firsthand while I was in college and then you know the early years of of my um you know career with with the Bruins organization and and it was almost like a trade-off you know we you know the Bruins won one year then the Red Sox had won the year before and then the Patriots won and it was just there was always a parade and people were always so I, I would love to see that you know here in the city of Chicago and and uh sort of see some of these teams that are all kind of rebuilding I mean the the Cubs are kind of in a similar I know I don't think they're using the word rebuild but there's definitely uh you know they've got some work to do it sounds like there as well so time will tell Chris time will tell Kaylee uh are you reading you you read do you read a lot of parenting books yes I do so is this you're no kind idea. of <laughs> kind of the new the new wave now you know you I'm sure you read a lot of books around newborn children and now as you've got really two toddlers on your on your hands that's kind of the next uh the next subgenre of, of parenting books that you're diving into yep i'm definitely a research first person i don't lead with confidence in that aspect i like to have all of my you know information and then dissect it and and do what I can because there's a lot out there. So yes, I do think it's great to have tools and little tips and tricks along the way to help you deal with the day-to-days of these wild toddlers. They're the best things, but sometimes it's difficult to have a full conversation with somebody who's <laughs> just not quite there yet. Yeah. Um, very excited for our dear friend Colby in the near future because the newborn stage is is very sweet. I mean nothing better it's pretty surreal um it's really that 12 to 18 month when they become toddlers that they are hilarious but it's just what is going on here i mean nothing makes sense and you you kind of need to rely on friends or resources like i do my audio books at night i pop my airpods on and pick up all kinds of good stuff from nutrition to behavioral to everything. And that, that definitely helps me navigate being a, a full-time working mom in hockey. So I'm very excited for you, Colby and Chris. I love talking uh, tips and tricks with you on the side. Anyway, I think we all kind of are in the same boat with the curiosity in kids and sports. <laughs> well, and the more Kaylee reads, the better off I am because, you know, <laughs> then I can just ask her a million questions. So she reads podcast, for, parenting she, podcast. she reads, <laughs> Kaylee reads for the both of us. So it's a, uh, it's a win-win for me. That's for sure. I mean, I think, I think the three of us as well. Yeah. I've, I've definitely been picking <laughs> Kaylee's brain on, on relationship stuff and things like that. And, and yeah, very curious about her uh, experience being a, a working mom in, in sports broadcasting. So She's uh yeah she's a wealth of of wealth of knowledge and information <laughs> Colby isn't she? Oh thanks guys. The one book I have came at her recommendation for parenting, well for for for, for sleeping, sleep schedules. So and and for eating too. So website for eating, book for sleeping. She's not overwhelming me, Chris. She's she's like slow feeding me these things. Mm-hmm. That's good. Takes a village. Breadcrumbs. Yes. Yes. Breadcrumbs. <laughs> All right, we are out of time on this episode of the Blackhawks Insider Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in on your preferred podcast platform. We'll be back next week as the season races towards its conclusion. Hopefully, 
some better weather in Chicago, but this time of year, you never really know. We've got content always available for you at Blackhawks.com. In addition to this podcast, our thanks to Brad Dollar and Southside Jake for the music featured on the show, and our thanks as always to our producers, Trevor Bray and Jenna Rose. For Colby and Kaylee, I'm Chris. Thanks so much for checking us out on the Blackhawks Insider Podcast, and we'll talk to you next week.